latest podcast in our ESG summer school. My name is Sarah Fijao and I'm the ESG knowledge lawyer in London and I'm joined today by my colleague Kim. Thanks Sarah, my name is Kim Romanchek and I'm a counsel in our ESG practice. Uh, thanks Kim. So in today's webinar we're going to be discussing some of the lessons learned from the first set of TCFD disclosures that were made by premium listed companies in the UK as required by the listing rules. Now, Kim, can you remind us first about the background of these disclosures and what the requirements are? Sure. So from the 1st of January this year, the listing rules require premium listed companies, as you've said, to include a statement in their annual financial report, setting out whether they had made disclosures consistent with the TCFD recommendations and recommended disclosures. Now, TCFD, uh, for those who don't already know, refers to the Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosures, who released recommendations in 2017. If a company has not made disclosures uh, consistent with the TCFD recommendations, it's required to explain why not with a description of any steps the company is taking or plans to take to be able to make such disclosures in the future, including the timeframes for doing so. Thanks, Kim. So we're now midway through 2022, and we've had a good number of reports published by the premium listed companies already. Uh, so, Kim, what's our understanding of how companies have found the requirements so far? So, so far, our experience is that moving towards mandatory reporting, even on a compiler explained basis, has proved challenging for companies. And that includes those companies that had already published voluntarily against the TCFD recommendations. Why is that? I think there are two reasons. The first is the existence of a regulatory requirement and framework brings with it additional rigor and often additional internal compliance and governance processes for companies. So that necessarily adds time and energy. In addition, the first time for compliance with any new legal requirement often brings with it challenges and uncertainties, and this listing rule is no exception. So it's most definitely not a checkbox exercise and preparation is key. People may be aware the FCA and FRC published reports on the 29th of July this year in relation to their findings on this year's first year of compulsory TCFD reporting. Their findings support what I've just described, uh, namely that First, there's been a significant increase in the quantity and quality of the climate-related disclosures as compared to previous years. So that reflects the additional work and effort that's gone into the reports. And secondly, they do draw attention to quite a number of areas which could be improved in the future, acknowledging that the first year of mandatory reporting has been challenging due not only to the complexities of data collection, the need to establish robust new processes, but also, as we've said, the lack of established reporting practice. So I think those two reports are actually really interesting, and we'll we'll come back in this podcast in a little bit later to the uh, to the reports. But but, but first of all, the, the listing rules provide for the disclosures to be included in the annual reports. Is that what we've been saying? Yes, the majority of companies have included the disclosures in their annual reports in the strategic section, but not all companies have done that. The listing rules do allow for this, provided that the companies include an explanation and reasons, uh, making it clear where those disclosures can be found. Um, typically, the reason we found for companies not including the TCFD reports in their annual report is their preference for a separate standalone report, given the detail provided, 
i.e. it's a very chunky extension of the annual report. Going forward, we expect almost everyone will include it in the annual report. So, Kim, the, the requirement is a comply or explain obligation, but what has this actually looked like so far in practice? Comply or explain regime is one that's familiar in the corporate governance context in the UK. Its application in the TCFD context has not been entirely clear to companies, particularly driven in our view by the fact that the TCFD recommendations were drafted as recommendations and guidelines rather than hard regulations. Therefore, the red line as to what to disclose and on what basis is not always clear, particularly the all sector guidance. So what we're seeing is a variety of approaches being taken in terms of how compliance is described or whether and the extent to which explanation of non-compliance has been given, generally with companies steering away from detailed and prescriptive items of non-compliance. But there have, of course, been some exceptions. And the feedback from the FRC in the report I referred to earlier, July of this year, they did do a deep dive into 31 company reports. And what they found was that it was not always clear that where an entity had stated compliance, which most had, that, had, that those companies had in fact complied with all relevant elements of the TCFD recommendations, particularly the all sector guidance and where applicable the supplemental guidance. The FRC have made clear in that report that they may be speaking to some entities in relation to those gaps and that they expect disclosures to improve in the coming years. Thanks. Now, finally, what were some of the detailed points from the FCA's and the FRC's report that we think it's useful for companies to be aware of for their reports next year? So the FRC report is extremely helpful in terms of detailed guidance and example of better practices. And they recommended five main ways for companies to significantly improve their TCFD reporting next year. The first of those was providing more granular information about the effect of climate change on different business sectors and geographies, rather than the company providing generic high level data. So be specific. Secondly, they suggested balancing the discussion of climate related risks and opportunities. So generally, they found that the risk sections of the reports were more detailed. Thirdly, interlinking climate-related disclosures with other narrative reporting on strategy, risks, and, priority, and priorities. So consistency across statements is obviously very important and something that the FRC and the FCA are looking at. Fourthly, explaining how companies have applied materiality and taking into account different TCFD guidance. So this area is a real challenge for companies. And the suggestion from the FRC was in part about being clear if a disclosure has not been included, whether that was a result of a company deeming the disclosure not material to it, so not relevant, or whether it was about it was an oversight by the company or the company not being ready to disclose. But the reference to materiality is also in part about clarity as to what the basis has been for a company determining materiality. And that's the really tough bit. Finally, explaining more clearly how the effects of different global warming scenarios and the company's own net zero commitments are connected to the financial statements and how it may affect the valuation of its assets and liabilities. Again, this is a really complex and difficult area for companies. And as a result, in the FRC report, you'll see a lot of detail, including a summary table. 
uh, in relation to their expectations on this front. Thanks, Kim. And to our audience, thanks for listening. And please stay tuned for the next podcast in our ESG Summer School, which is all about disclosure regimes. Thanks.